Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carol analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Stop Ilhan Omar before the cancer spreads. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist. Yes, stop Omar, Ilhan Omar before the cancer spreads. I'm calling for her resignation at the very least, and certainly for her to be taken off the committee that deals with foreign relations. Now, in case you don't know her, I'm going to start out by telling you a little bit about who she is and why it's a cancer. And, but let me first start by reading a poem by um, Martin Niemöller, who was a German uh, theologian who protested the Nazis. And I should say also that um, this whole topic today is one that I almost can't believe that I'm talking about. I mean, it is so surreal that a congresswoman um, so that someone has been elected to Congress who is so anti-Semitic and has such an agenda against Jews and against Israel. So let me read this poem that was written at the time of uh, the Nazis uh, by someone who was anti-Nazi, and this um, is very poignant, and you'll get the point. It's called, First They Came for the Jews. First they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. So, um, this is not just a Jewish problem or a, a Zionist problem or an Israeli problem. This is a problem that really puts all of our rights uh, in danger. So it is something that there should be um, a lot more attention and paid to and a lot more action taken. So let me tell you a little bit about who she is. Um, Ilhan Omar was born in Somalia she is a 37-year-old Muslim. She is one of the first two Muslim women elected to Congress. They were both elected this year in January, and they took office in January. Um, she represents Minnesota's 5th District, uh, which includes Minneapolis and the suburbs. This district has been called the biggest recruitment center for, um, for terrorists in the United States. Now, um, she took office on January 3rd, 2019. She was sworn in on a Quran. Um, it was the Quran of her late grandfathers. She came to the United States in 1995 as a refugee with her family. She, in 2000, when she was 17, she became a U.S. citizen. Now, while she was going to school in the U.S., she was bullied for her hijab and for her, you know, her race, her religion, and so on, which I have pointed this out um, before 
about how a lot of people who become terrorists or a lot of people, I'm not, I'm not saying, I am not saying she is a terrorist because as of today, I am not bringing enough information to you to support that. However, I will say that there are a number of people who do think, in fact, um, if, it, if she's not a, a suicide bomber terrorist, that at the very least there is evidence that she does support terrorist organizations, which, you know, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because it's just so unbelievable that someone who, where there is this history that's been, um, that has been noted and her speaking at, at conferences where there were people um, promoting terrorism and so on. I mean, it, it's just impossible. It's, it's so hard to believe that someone like this could have been elected and is now still in Congress. There are people who have started calling for her resignation and I am calling for the same thing. Um, so, okay. But I was starting to say that people, a lot of times people who come here um, from the Middle East uh, from terrorist countries uh, and go to school in the U.S., whether it's, you know, elementary school or high school or college, and they get bullied or taunted for their race or their religion, that does fuel a lot of hatred, understandably. Now, she talked about um, being bullied, um, that, that kids in her class would put gum on her hijab, they would push her downstairs, they would jump on her when she was changing for gym, and her father used to tell her, quote, they feel threatened in some way by your existence. Now, I'm sure she is telling herself this um, as she's been in Congress and getting criticism for her recent remarks, anti-Jewish and anti-Israel remarks, um, she's probably remembering her father's words, you know, it's not that any of these things are wrong, they just feel threatened in some way by your existence. Well, yes, I guess I will say I do feel threatened by her existence because of what she is promoting. Um, so recently, the reason why this is in the news now is because the House just voted 407 to 23 for a resolution to condemn bigotry in all its forms, including Islamophobia, racism, and anti-Semitism. Now, now, of course. Um, now, why is this, why, what's, wrong, what's wrong, you say, with that resolution to condemn bigotry in all its forms, including Islamophobia, racism, and anti-Semitism? What's wrong with that is because she hasn't been um, saying anything racist or Islamophobic. It's all about anti-Semitism. So when they made this resolution, and this was sort of spearheaded by Nancy Pelosi, who did not take a strong enough stand against Ilhan Omar, um, they watered the whole thing down. They didn't mention her by name. They didn't specifically talk about anti-Semitism and um, anti-Israel propaganda. They they made it a, a they made it a statement that means nothing. Um, you know, of course. I mean, and and just look at that on its face. Why do we have to have Congress saying that um, they are condemning bigotry in all forms? I mean. It's sad that that needs to be stated. I'm, um, 
we should all know that, <laughs> that bigotry should not be tolerated, whether it's against Jews or it's against um, Muslims or uh, blacks or any, any race or religion. Uh, that should be a given. And actually, I think there is something in the Constitution about that, not in those words. Um, this, is, this all started, actually, um, with, let me, this all started with things that came, uh, were, have been coming about over the last week or two. Um, when, and I just, I just want to point out that, um, you know, this, there was, when there was something like this that happened, um, you know, there, it, it hasn't been that long ago that there were similar kinds of, um, there, were, there was a brouhaha about people in Congress um, who, for other kinds of things. Now, it was, it was what, about a year ago that Al Franken was accused by several women of sexual harassment. So, okay, what did he do? He resigned. He didn't um, wait to be, uh, well, I mean, he was condemned by some people, yes, of course, but he didn't hang around too long and he resigned. And quite frankly, um, the, the allegation, I mean, he didn't rape anybody. The allegations of sexual harassment were really relatively tame compared to some of the other people um, who have been accused of sexual harassment. But anyhow, he, he was resigned. He was a Democrat and he resigned. Then more recently, there was uh, a House representative from Iowa, King, named King. And he was, um, he, his statements, which again, I thought were relatively mild, but it, people jumped on it, missing, well, I don't know about misinterpreted, but, but like attributed more racism in his comments than were uh, apparent on the face. And so he was punished by getting no committee assignments. However, instead of these kinds of things, which just happened in the recent past, um, Ilhan Omar is not getting, it, it has not really gotten any repercussions except by individuals in the news or yes, in Washington some, but no action has been taken. And the, the resolution that was ultimately passed did not speak of her and did not talk about uh, anti-Semitism in particular, it made it just a, a, a worthless, a blanket statement, a generalization that really means nothing. It means just what we should all be thinking of to begin with. All right, well, when we come back, we'll talk about this. I'll tell you a little bit more about the history of how, you know, her comments, uh, how it ultimately resulted in this, in this resolution and um, how the... Um, how this brouhaha, sort of the evolution of this brouhaha. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we are talking about Ilhan Omar, a congresswoman from Minnesota, who is an anti-Semite, and who not only hates Jews, but hates Israel. And she basically ran on that platform from a fifth district in uh, Minnesota that has been considered the uh, biggest spot in America where there's the most recruitment of terrorists. Um, this whole brouhaha started in February 
you know, she, she was sworn in in January and already in February, uh, she responded to a tweet from a journalist, Glenn Greenwald. He um, posted about a tweet about her um, being critical, he was threatening to punish, um, he was, he was talking about this, these threats by a congressman to um, punish Omar and another congresswoman for being critical of Israel. So uh, she wrote back, quote, it's all about the Benjamins baby, which is a uh, reference to a to $100 bills from a Puff Daddy song. And um, people, you know, she was criticized. She was saying, people said that she was uh, calling up a negative and harmful stereotype of Jewish Americans, you know, being all about the money and so on. And then um, what she was saying was, she made another tweet soon after, and she named the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, saying it was funding Republican support for Israel. Now, this tweet was, um, she received a backlash for this tweet from both Democrats and Republicans, and she was, you know, more widely accused of anti-Semitic speech. She apologized, and she said she was learning more about the, quote, painful history of anti-Semitic tropes. But she continued, she didn't apologize for what she said about, um, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee being funded, um, you know, in, in, assess, in essence, what she was saying was that there were, they were a lobbyist group where they were, um, that it was a lobbyist group uh, for Congress, uh, you know, to be pro-Israel. And um, so, you know, this, she then followed this up with remarks at an event at a Washington bookstore called Busboys and Poets. And she said, I want to talk about the political influence in this country that says it's okay for people to push for allegiance to a foreign country. Of course, she means Israel. I want to ask why is it okay for me to talk about the influence of the NRA, of fossil fuel industries, or of big pharma and not talk about a powerful lobbying group that is influencing policies. So again, she was accused of anti-Semitism. But, um, and she's claiming that uh, Jews have dual loyalties in this country, that they're not just loyal to America, that they're loyal to, to Israel. And this um, has, there has been a long history of this where, um, let's see, who, who said this? Um, the um, Steve Hunnigs, the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas said that Omar was um, suggesting that Jew Jews have dual loyalties. And he said, quote, accusing Jews of harboring dual loyalty has a long, violent, sordid history. It's the standard fare of then Ku Klux Klan leader David Duke. It's difficult and dangerous because it evokes the Jews as the malevolent other conspiring against society. So now um, she is uh, she is not really backing down. And the, the really sick thing about this, well, it's all pretty sick, but um, she, she Nancy Pelosi 
um, has been saying, you know, so of course all, a lot of people jumped on Nancy Pelosi and saying and said that um, Omar was being anti-Semitic and being anti-Israel, which of course she was. Um, and Nancy Pelosi's response was, oh, well, she really just doesn't understand what she's saying. She, she doesn't, like, she doesn't understand this history or she doesn't, bull. <laughs> that is bull. I, I wonder if Nancy Pelosi even believes it. I think, I hope she doesn't. That would really um, show a, a, a severe ignorance. But Nancy Pelosi seems like she's running scared from this new group of young um, progressive or left-wing uh, group, these women, of women, actually, who um, are supporting Ilhan Omar. And they are, you know, a, a new group um, who just was, were elected to Congress. Uh, some, I think there's, there are some people who have been in Congress for a while. But in any case, Nancy Pelosi is afraid of how st strong stances that these women have been taking. And um, basically, she's afraid of that she's going to lose her power and that these women who have been getting all the attention um, are going to be able to gather enough power behind them to unseat her. So she's running scared and she's not doing the right thing, um, you know, speaking out, calling anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiments for what they are, but rather she's giving... Ilhan Omar, an excuse. Oh, well, poor dear. She doesn't really know what she's saying. Right. Now, there has been, interestingly, there is a Middle Eastern women's group that is calling for Ilhan Omar's resignation. They are saying no place in Congress for someone who is anti-Semitic. And they gathered this past week on um, Capitol Hill to call for Elon, Ilhan Omar to resign over the support for Sharia law and anti-Semitic stances. Um, they, this, they called on her, for her resignation, pushing Sharia rhetoric and standing with terrorists. I mean, as I said, there is, um, there is uh, a lot of, of information that's being gathered um, to show a close connections between Omar and terrorists. Um, for example, this is th this group um, of the Middle Eastern Women's Coalition leaders. They pointed to something that happened in 2016 when Omar asked for leniency on behalf of a man accused of supporting ISIS. Uh, that's just one small example. She and her, and then there was another example where she said that she and her press team were unaware that a severe anti-Semite, Yusef Abdallah, was speaking at the same event as she was. I mean, that's like, you know, that's like the National Women's um, uh, the group that is saying, which also, you know, they have ties. So they're all kind of connected. The leaders of the Women Against Trump um, and Ilhan Omar have connections. And there certainly has been, it's been shown that the, the leaders of the women's group have, um, that have been protesting against Trump and so on, have connections to leaders who are, who support terrorism. Um... Let's see what else they said. Um, 
oh, also they are calling for, and I am calling for this as well, this should be a no-brainer. Uh, they said Congressman Omar should not be allowed to serve on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, they say she doesn't represent truth, justice, or the American way. I mean, obviously, to have someone who is unabashedly so against Israel and have her on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, <laughs> I mean, do I, do I need to spell it out more? Um, obviously, her pushing her agenda, it, it's very dangerous to have someone who would be pushing an agenda against any other foreign country, unless it's a clearly terrorist country, um, which Israel is not, of course. Um, but it would be dangerous to have someone who cannot be objective being on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. And yet, and yet Nancy Pelosi has not yet taken her off. There have been some calls, uh, in addition to this woman's group, but there have been some calls for her to be, to not only to resign from Congress, but to resign particularly from this committee. And there are, uh, there is evidence that she supports Sharia in, in the United States, Sharia law. And um, the Middle Eastern Women's Coalition um, said, uh, they're, they're, of course, they're very strongly against Sharia law. And they said, women and children are suffering. Girls are being forced to enter sexual slavery every day. And young girls are suffering from genital mutilation. And women are being beaten under Sharia. I mean, this, and it is true that... Um, that Ilhan Omar is supporting Sharia law, and of course, that's one of the that's one of the uh, barely spoken about but big major dangers that um, Sharia law is creeping or could creep, and and of course, this district would be the most likely place for it to creep into U.S. law. And there have been some things. For example, there was something recently about uh, where a doctor who had been performing genital mutilation was not. Um, was not given any time in jail. Well, um, we will come back. When we come back, we will talk more about this and uh, why it's so dangerous and why it needs to be stopped, as I said in the title, before the cancer spreads. Welcome back. This Today's show is all about why we should stop Ilhan Omar before the cancer spreads. The cancer, of course, that I'm talking about is her hatred against Jews and hatred against Israel. And the scary uh, facts that Congress is not doing very much to condemn her and stop her. And um, the although there have been people, fortunately, groups like um, the group that I was talking about, the uh, Middle East Women's Coalition, is fortunately doing more research on her. For example, as a, they have found that um, she is supporting um, charities that are related to terrorism, and they are calling for a full FBI investigation into Omar which would be great, but, you know, it kind of would have been a good idea to do that before she got elected. Perhaps they didn't think she'd ever get elected, but better late than never. And um, certainly she should be taken off the committee that deals with foreign relations. Um, 
there's a great article in the New York Times by Brett Stevens that talks about um, this, <laughs> talks about Il Ilhan Omar, and um, how Israel is the only country in the region that embraces the sorts of values the Democratic Party claims to champion. So it's a shame. <laughs> it seems a bit, a, a bit hypocritical. So for example, um, you know, there are great gay pride parades in Israel. There are women's rights marches in Israel. And these things do not take place in Ramallah or Gaza or Tehran. Um, and um, it has become, I mean, there is an underlying danger, actually, that I mentioned in a, in a um, show that I did a, a little while ago about uh, the, the uh, movement that's happening on some college campuses against Israel. So, um, and, and he is saying it's ubiquitous on college campuses and commonplace on editorial pages to publicly criticize Israeli policies. Um, but he's saying Omar isn't just a critic of Israel. Uh, she tweeted, Israel has hypnotized the world. Now she tweeted this in 2012. So <laughs> before she was elected to Congress and she said, may Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Now, really, how much more proof do we need? Um, last month, she wrote that U.S. support for Israel was all about the Benjamins. I talked about that. Um, and then she's saying, I should not be expected to have allegiance, pledge support to a foreign country in order to serve my country in Congress or serve on committee. Well, She's uh, she's not necessarily being called upon to pledge her support in the way that she is implying. Um, so now what he's writing in this New York Times uh, opinion column is that claims that Israel hypnotizes the world or that it uses money to bend others to its will or that its American supporters push for allegiance to a foreign country repackage falsehoods commonly used against Jews for centuries. Now this is the kind of thing that um, that um, are being claimed by some as, as a, you know, an excuse saying she doesn't really know what she's, what she's saying. But in fact, he writes, uh, Omar, I suspect, knows exactly what she's doing. She pleads ignorance when it suits her, saying she was unaware that her references to hypnosis and Benjamins might be considered offensive. Um, Now, he continues, he writes, as the criticism of Omar mounts, it becomes that much easier for her to seem like the victim of a smear campaign rather than the instigator of a smear. So, the, the, and he's pointing out that she's not necessarily, at this point, um, having to win the argument, but he says, by refusing to fold Omar stands to shift the range of acceptable discussion, discussion um, in her direction. 
ideas once thought of as intellectually uncouth and morally repulsive has suddenly become merely controversial. It's how anti-Zionism has abruptly become an acceptable point of view in reputable circles. It's why anti-Semitism is just outside the frame bidding to get in. So he's talking about, for example, these groups on college campuses that, you know, they, it's, in other words, it's more uh, acceptable in a way to say that someone, for someone to say that they're against Israel because of the poor Palestinians um, a view that I uh, do not hold on to, um, that, in other words, it's, it's easier to make it seem political, that it's all about Palestine and Israel, rather than it's really about anti-Semitism. It's really about the hatred against the Jews. Um, let's see. So... The, let's see, then the, it's interesting to see how presidential hopefuls have come down on this. So, for example, in the Senate, the presidential hopefuls, Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders and Warren have weighed in with statements that painted Omar as a victim of Islamophobia. See, that's the, the thing. You know, because she is only the first of two, you know, one of two, and, and these two are the first Muslims in the um, elected to Congress, it is so, she is getting the benefit of uh, people speaking out against her being called Islamophobes. And it's not really about, you know, and she is doing uh, an injustice to Muslims by being this way. There actually are a lot of, well, I don't know a lot. I don't know the exact numbers, but I do know there are some Muslims um, and there needs to be a more significant number to speak out. But there are some Muslims who actually recognize this as being hate speech against Jews and um, who are not happy with her. Um, and so... <laughs> but so, you know, so, but she uses this. It's a very convenient uh, way to say, oh, well, they're not really against people, aren't really against what I'm saying. They agree with me, but they, I mean, if, I'm sorry, it's, it's not that people, people are against me because I'm Muslim. That's her rallying cry, which is kind of ironic since she's, you know, calling for hatred against Jews. But, but she uses that as a shield uh, Islamophobia as a shield, saying that that's what this is all about. It's, it's you know, they, they would hate anything that I would say because they're Islamophobes. Um, so this is, this is really a very dangerous time in, in our history. This is going to be looked back upon as the beginning of the end. <laughs> uh, the beginning of endorsing anti-Semitism, endorsing is hatred of Israel. Uh, this, this, what's happening now, which may seem, you know, um, unimportant or uh, is being glossed over by Nancy Pelosi and people in Congress who voted to have this um, statement, which is not just about anti-Semitism and not just against Ilhan Omar, but against racism, um, you know, against all bigotry. 
And so this weak response to what she's saying is going to be looked upon in years to come as the beginning of the end. And um, just remember that poem that I read to you at the beginning um, about how they came for the Jews, they came for these various people, <laughs> and then eventually they came, here we go. I'm going to close with this because this, I can't say it any better than this poem says it as for why we need to get Ilhan Omar to resign. Certainly the first step is to take her off the committee and then to get her to resign altogether. So I'm going to close with this poem. First they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for the communists and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. Now, um, I, I guess I should make it clear, if, my, if the name Lieberman doesn't make it clear enough, I am Jewish, and this is why I am particularly finding this surreal that America is not speaking out against Ilhan Omar. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.